We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now, Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee, and got a special crossover episode with the guys over at the Lightyear's Pod. So, just are, to, we, are we allowed to talk basketball on this feed? Yeah, so that's kind of why I wanted to do a little intro here. So, we're going to talk draft. We're recording this Thursday night. There's two weeks, two weeks from today until the draft. Um, we're gonna have a bunch of draft content for you next week, and then the following week, and then of course we'll have stuff dirt, you know, immediately following each day of the draft. Um, can I but, come clean to the listeners? Yeah. I, because I, I promised when we recorded earlier this week, I would have draft takes, and the draft takes are simmering. They've been the 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 knobs been turned on the gas. Oh, they're they're on the burner. They're simmering, but I've been inundated with work related to Kings Warriors playoffs, which is fine. This isn't a complaint, but it's just it's taken up all my grind time away from mm-hmm. the film room, and uh, and so I just have to come clean. I know I I'm not trying to be the person who's who's promising things to our listeners and and. You know, I'm taking responsibility for for us not having the draft content that I promised for, we would have earlier in the week. Frankly, because the, the Warriors and the Kings are playing in the playoffs, and that's been my life for the last three or four days, and will be my life for the net, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. So, so totally understood. I've been grinding away. <laughs> I did a full seven round mock draft. Oh, I love on that on the PFF mock draft simulator. Only I didn't just what I used to do in years past is I would just, you know, be like, oh, they need that position and he's highly rated. And I would just click it and, you sure. know, backfill later. This time I would go through and I'd like 
I would find, I would do some research, I'd watch tape, and I did the mock draft that way, and I wound up feeling really good about it. That's at NinersWire.com, breaking it down. But anyways, we're going to have a ton of draft stuff for you next week and the following week. Uh, we just need to give Chris some more time to grind. And I'm going to continue doing that. And we want to make sure that what we are bringing to you is 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 good and quality. So what this episode is, is we jumped on the Light Years pod with Sam and Andy, a Blue Wire podcast, because Chris, doing your work with the Sacramento Bee with, uh, with the Kings, uh, it just kind of fit into what we're doing and what we're talking about. We do get into some Niner stuff later in the podcast, but this was just like a Kings Warriors preview. We sprinkled in some Niners. We sprinkled in some where does the Bay Area cut off talk, which I thought was fascinating. I wonder, I are, really are people going to be mad about that? What, about the Bay Area cutoff thing? Or the just, fact yeah, that just... there's about to be a basketball podcast on Candlestick Club? <laughs> well, uh, I mean both, but I guess... <laughs> so if you're not into hoops, if you're not into hoops, you can skip this one. Or That's you could I'm just saying. listen and, and see if we know anything about hoops. But I, I, oh. I was asking, are people going to be offended by where the lines were crossed in terms of what's the bay area and what isn't yeah yeah that's why i don't i don't really uh kind of a touchy subject yeah i don't really get into it because in college i made a joke one time about it and someone got like angry like not fake mad like actually mad I've not almost gotten into a lot of fights. I was almost in a fight. And because you told someone, because, because you told, let me guess how it went. You told someone where you thought the Bay area cutoff was and they were outside that, but thought they were in the Bay area. Um, no, they are from San Francisco. Okay. And I hundred percent joking go, well, Sacramento's the Bay anyways, or something, something to that effect. <laughs> I said something about how Sacramento's in the Bay area and they just, I mean, like, I mean, they're four one five five one zero. See, was, I would be, I would, I would be offended wild. if I, I get offended every time seven zero seven isn't mentioned as a part exactly. of the Bay Area. Yeah, like that. That's and that's different, but yeah. like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, not really offended, but like, we felt very, very connected to the Bay Area. And, and yeah, and that's just a thing. Like, if you want to vibe with bay shit do it man because yeah. like, if santa rosa wasn't in the bay area like i don't know what it would it's it's definitely not portland <laughs> i'm from brentwood <laughs> though so i'm not the person to gatekeep right. <laughs> right. so anyways we talk with samus fondiari and andy lou the guys over at light years we talk warriors kings we get into niners quarterback situation do quarterbacks matter we talk about that <laughs> bay area cutoff lines I had a really good time with this. I think it was a good pod. And you can check it out on YouTube on the Light Years YouTube channel too. If uh if a visual medium is more, you might see me drinking a candlestick chronicles hazy IPA from Cooperage in a Cooperage sweater. If you're into that visual, go check out uh, go check it out on I was YouTube. Just drinking a Modelo heavy. Nice. They're really good. No, I was not out. as good as Candlecron, but when you order a Modelo at a restaurant that doesn't have candlestick chronicles or any Cooperage beer for that matter. And they pull up and drop a Modelo Negro on you. It was a nice surprise. I was out at a place last weekend, a place that might be considered a club or at least turns into a club. I felt Sick, 15 years younger. 
<laughs> and uh, and drank some Modellos and enjoyed it. I did, yeah. It's no, my it's no Candle Crown. But... No, 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 no. Like I said, there's just times that Candle Crown is not available, so you gotta you gotta dip into the bag. Hopefully, we'll change that going forward. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. Shout out to those guys. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Andy Lou, two days away from playoff loony. <laughs> at this at this time in two days, we will be breaking down a loony masterclass. So that's where I'm at mentally. There is no playoff series <laughs> that Looney will not have a masterclass in. That's just who Kevon Looney is. The only center in the NBA that is matchup proof. Kevon Looney. The Ringer probably put 200 million words together debating Embiid versus Jokic all to get played off the floor no. by Kevon Looney. Like, is, is, the point. is Embiid switching off on the perimeter? No. Is Brooke no. Lopez? Is he, no. Come, get out of here. Of course not. Of course not. We got a special guest today. Our friends, they host the Candlestick Chronicles. And actually, by virtue of their proximity and jobs in Sacramento, uniquely qualified for this conversation, Chris Biederman, Kyle Madsen. How are you guys doing? Outstanding. It's good to finally be here. I need it to be Saturday at 530. Yeah, let's let's start let's let's start there. So for those who don't know, um, Chris works for the Sacramento Bee, senior sports reporter, covers the Kings, and Kyle. I mean, Andy would say you live in Sacramento. I would say you live <laughs> in the Bay Area, but that's a we can get into that. We can get into the debate of where one. the uh, good one. where the Sacramento um, Bay Area cutoff is. But um, I, I kind of want to ask you guys, like, what is the general vibe been up there? so far because it you know i scanned my timeline and it's a lot of uh it's a lot of radio personalities with their chest puffed out so far (laughs) i think in town in sacramento there is a lot of confidence um and i think it just stemmed a lot of confidence a lot of excitement a lot of you know i mean king's fans just ride hard for the kings and so I, i think it's perfectly understandable like the first time in 16 years just be really excited at the opportunity to play the Warriors, the Northern California rivalry, the defending champions, like bragging rights, all that stuff, all that stuff makes sense. Um, But, you know, I I just think that 
you know, there, there's generally a messaging that's coming from the team that's drastically different from the fan base, which is, which is funny <laughs> to me. Like Mike Was Brown, that? Mike Brown is recently as what less than two weeks ago, they lost on a Sunday afternoon to the San Antonio Spurs. And Mike Brown called the team soft. He was like, we don't play defense like we're soft, particularly at home. And he's been asked about, you know, leading up to the playoffs, the idea of other teams targeting the Kings in the first round when that was a discussion and talking point. But Brian Windhorst and whoever else. And Mike said flat out, like, yeah, I would target us too the way we've been we've been playing. And so Mike Brown does it like Mike Brown's super authentic and real. And I appreciate that about him. But he's been saying, like, no, we have to earn this respect. And I think there's a there's a difference in how that like I don't know that the fan base is hearing that because the fan base has their chest puffed out and like more power to them. I understand all the excitement, but I just wonder if this town it's been so long since the playoffs have happened here that like they have an understanding of how different the postseason is compared to the regular season, because as years have gone on, we've seen the regular season matter less and less in the NBA and like Again, I'm I'm just thankful that we that the games get to be played because um, the discussion back and forth and and the Kings fans having their chests out and stuff it's great, but I just hope everyone has a realistic understanding of like what's oh, about to happen. A week is I like to, oh boy, a week's a long time. <laughs> That's like really what I come back to. Like by tomorrow, Andy's going to be texting me Ryan Rollins highlights. Like it's I, just will too long. I will not be. I will not be. But I respect that. I will not be. Oh. Uh. Um, By the way, Peterman, you sound like someone that's watched the Warriors for a long time. That's what that sounds like. Because, uh, I mean, Kyle, it, we've watched this team for a while. It's – I don't think Warriors fans are running out there and saying, like, we're – at least – I mean, because I don't think there's a rivalry. I don't think anybody hates anyone. But I think Warriors yes. fans are kind of – yeah. Wait, wait like, till like, game team. three. It's going to happen. Oh, dude, I it, already it, hate it, most of my friends. It, it, it does <laughs> feel like uh, – I think Warriors fans are kind of thinking themselves, maybe deep down or maybe out, out loud as – yeah, you guys have a, you guys have something coming for you that you don't know what you're about to see. That's kind of how I've approached all of this. Like, it's annoying when, and again, these are my friends. I like these people, but when I see a friend of mine who will remain nameless, is like the the first time Steph sets a screen, they should just run through his chest. Like, yeah, do you like, yeah, do that. Like, go ahead, and then he's gonna drop fifty a game. Like that just—it's it just, like you you just you just came across a strategy no one has thought of for eight playoffs in a row. <laughs> that's that's the thing that's that's frustrating me is this idea of like because do I get bitchy during games and am I irrational? Yeah, for sure, more than anyone. But the 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 idea that like oh well these warriors are washed now. Like they didn't just win a fucking championship ten months ago. Sorry, they didn't just win a championship ten months ago. The same, largely the same group. Oh, Otto Porter's gone. Okay, like it, it, it's hey, this idea that like all of the sudden the Kings have figured out the NBA and the Warriors haven't is really really annoying. And I'm just I I. I like I said, I've I've been to that place. I was on this podcast like last week, you know, like I don't know if they can win any more games. They're just cooked. But like that's obviously <laughs> ridiculous. And I get it a little bit, but like, dude, Ty Jerome's not playing. Anthony Lamb's not playing unless it's it well, well, you know. <laughs> Steve <laughs> Steve Steve will Steve absolutely put that. Anthony Lamb out there at some point. I, will, I agree. I will put money Anthony he, Lamb is in there by he's game. He's not three. averaging twenty minutes, right? 
Probably that, not. That I can't not. promise. So, <laughs> but no, it's just, it's like, this is a, this, this Warriors team just in the last 15, 20 games is different than the Warriors team from the previous, you know, 60 plus. And this notion of like, oh, well, you know, the hand waving by Kings fans, like I get it. It's a three, six matchup and the Kings have been really good this year, but like, do you know, like, have you watched, do you know what you're looking at? It's frustrating. So, Unfortunately, maybe not. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to sound like, you know, like I'm, I'm in Sacramento. I cover the team. I don't want to sound like I, I think they have zero shot to win. I do think Golden One is going to be a unique atmosphere and like have we believe type vibes to it. And I'm curious how many Warriors fans are going to be in the building um, to sort of to counter that, That's- I guess. I, I think it's going to be a really unique atmosphere. I do think there's a possibility for like a buzzsaw game or two where the Kings hit like, yeah. you know, 50% of their 35 threes and just win by way of shooting. And it sort of avalanches against the Warriors. And we've seen that happen to the Warriors in the playoffs. Sure. Um, but the, the fact is with the Kings, like we just don't know. And I think one of, one of the things to me that's troubling uh, about their chances in the series is like, you know, they went 0-6 against the top three teams in the East. And after every one of those games, Mike Brown is talking about physicality. And the fact like they like their offense is fool's gold if they're not going to play with more physicality and, and defend anybody. And there's, you know, like that's a real concern. Like there's the, the, the physicality, the defense, the pace, all that stuff changes. Like every possession is magnified to the nth degree in the playoffs, particularly in games five, six and seven. And the Kings haven't haven't gone through that. And like I, I always liken it when people ask me like, you know, I, I liken it to what the Warriors went through in 2013 and 2014, right? Like they, the, those playoff series against the Nuggets and the Spurs and the Clippers did a lot to give the Warriors experience to eventually get over the hump and get to the finals and win a title. And like that's sort of, you know, I don't know if the Kings are ever going to get there, but this season just getting into the playoffs and playing a team with that type of experience that the Warriors have could be big for them long term. Now, Obviously, we're way down the line, but like if they're going to take that next step, just getting experience is a big thing here for them. And I think they understand that. And I think Mike Brown sort of like I think if you gave Mike Brown true serum, I don't think he'd be upset that the that the Kings drew the Warriors like he could have done. You know, he could have played the Warriors in that Friday right. night game or played the the starters in that game and potentially pushed the Warriors to a different seed if, if the Kings tried to win. But he didn't. And I think he knows that, like, yeah, we're probably not good enough to win a championship this year, but there could be real benefit in playing a team with that type of experience um, because they've been to eventually where they want to go. I hadn't thought about that. It's okay. It's light years from Mike Brown. <laughs> I, had not, I had not thought about that. How much, how much stock do you guys put, Sam and Andy, and I guess Chris too, how much stock do you guys put in the experience aspect of this for the Warriors? I mean, I feel like that's all you have to rely on. If if we're being honest, <clears throat> nothing about the Warriors' regular season suggests a contender. Correct. Um, mm-hmm. They've been erratic, you know, uh, big games at home, on the road, they look like old dudes who don't want to play. Um, you know, players in and out of lineup, Steph missed 27 games, um, can keep going down the line on that stuff. All you really have to go off of is these dudes literally won the title last year. They've won four and eight years. They've been to six finals. At a certain point, you have to just trust that until, until I see them actually look old when it matters, I can't weigh 
um, a March game in Atlanta for meaning that much. So, yeah, experience is everything for this I, team. The old Warriors would sweep this team, this Kings team. I mean, yeah. it would be it, game over <laughs> uh, right off the bat. But, but, but the old Warriors would have been the one seed. So right, but but I'm when when Kings fans or anyone are saying like they're washed, it's like yeah, well they are old, they are, which is why I think the series goes six is that they will end up losing one game, maybe two that they probably shouldn't lose. That's what's going to happen in this series. It's just going to be the Warriors turning the ball over twenty five times, and unlike them in their prime, they can't just shoot their way out of it, right? So I do think, like Chris was saying, there is a chance that the Kings just win Saturday night, one hundred twenty five to ninety eight. Would that surprise anyone? And then would it surprise anyone that the Warriors make an adjustment right after the first game and just win the next four? Like that wouldn't surprise anyone either. That's the experience part. That's what they did against Boston. It's what they did against Memphis. Just make one adjustment. And to to Biederman's point, the 2013 point, the Warriors came out and looked better than the Spurs for two games in that series. And it was like the most shocking sports moment in my life because the Spurs were just on a pedestal. For me, like the the model organization, the the Patriots of the NBA, like that sort of thing, and it was just wild to see the Warriors um, basically just take it to them. And what happened? You know, the veterans were like, "Okay, well, we definitely can't go under Steph on screens anymore, and we got to make a few adjustments." <laughs> and then because they know what they're doing, they made those adjustments, and it was over in six games. And that's kind of how it goes for young teams in the playoffs. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox is 25, Demonis Sabonis is 26, you know, Harrison Barnes is the only one with any legitimate... Keegan Murray is what, 20? 21? 21, 22, yeah. I mean, he's he acts like a 35-year-old. He's old. Yeah, Um, (laughs) but to the point about, like, experience, like, we kind of had the same thoughts about the Warriors. Last last regular season looked a lot different for them, but there was a stretch, I think, in February and March, they lost 16 to 23. And we're Mm -hmm. like, damn, is the dynasty over? And then they go on and do what they did in the playoffs. So... Like I, I think for me, last year gives the Warriors gives the Warriors the equity that that I think they have and they deserve because you can even look at the like you know the 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 starting lineup the net rating is twenty one point what I wrote it down twenty one point nine with with mm-hmm. Wiggins in the lineup I know it's a small sample size and it's been a while but like the Kings starting lineup two point two net rating right and and the Warriors are eight and two over the last ten. And, you know, they, they've been I think they have the second best rate, net rating in the NBA since the All-Star break. Right. So there are like there are numbers that say, yeah, there's probably a better team somewhere under there, under all of the shit that they've been through and done this season that says, yeah, they could still probably get to that level that they need to get to. While the Kings, it's like, you know, they had a game against Minnesota, which was really, really hyped. They had T-shirts for for everybody in the building and like. It was the night that they were supposed to clinch the playoffs at home and they just fell on their face and they didn't beat Minnesota. Right. And they like going through all of their games, you can, you know, like, I don't know what the Kings best win of the season was. Like it's probably the Clippers game where they scored 176 uh, points in double that. overtime. That was, that was a fun fucking game. But that's, that was, that's... but, but the, but the Clippers, you can make a pretty good case, trick that off. Like what? Three different times. Sure. And that's a game that now it's the Clippers, but so the, you can't say this like with certainty, but, I'm a little bit confident that the Clippers don't trick that game in the playoffs. Right. Like the Kings got, I think that, right. I said, like I said, a little bit of confidence, we, but and it's a, and it's not a playoff this, game. It's not Andy a and I talk about this a lot, but we give way too much respect to the Clippers when they haven't actually done anything. <laughs> no, that's, that's, a, that's a different conversation. 
no, no, that's fair. <laughs> but the 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 thing with Sacramento is, and one of, like this is a credit to them. This is not to take anything away from them, but they were balls of the wall all year. They right. never rested anybody. They were trying to win every single game up until the last two games of the year. And that's another thing in the postseason. It's like, no, no, no. The other team isn't playing 80% anymore. And that's where I think the Warriors are going to reach a, I don't know if it'll be the, a championship level, but I just can't fathom that they, they allowed opponents to shoot almost 40% from three, like 39.7% from three this year on the road. And I can't fathom that they're going to go into golden one and the Kings are just going to shoot 40% from three for the whole series. Yeah. yeah. I just, I, I'm, I, I can't imagine the Warriors, that version of the Warriors is going to, is going to show up. I want to ask Biederman a, a, a quick question here. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think is the biggest misconception Warriors fans? And really let's just take this to non King Kings fans have about the Kings. Like where, what do you think that the, that the experience doesn't matter that the playoff experience doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. Like I've talked to one of the players on the Kings sort of at length on the last road trip about he's played in the playoffs recently. It's Harrison Barnes. No, it wasn't. That wasn't wasn't recently. (laughs) But I was going to say Harrison Barnes, no matter what you seven years for my guy. I was just, I just asked him, I was like, how, how do you compare the playoffs to, you know, the, the regular season, he was like, there's nothing about it. That's the same. Like it's completely, it's completely different. And you know, it's, it's just like, you know, it's golden one's going to be um, it's going to be on fire, right? The atmosphere is going to be crazy. Like no matter what, no matter how many warriors fans are in the building, it's going to be obscenely loud. Like it's going to be a ridiculous atmosphere, but you guys know, like there were a lot of high profile games in Oracle and in chase that were super hyped and the atmosphere is going to be great. And then it end up turn it ends up turning on the home team when they come out and go, you know, two for seventeen from three, and they're down twelve oh, points I, at halftime. I was you know at, what I mean. That's a good one. This <laughs> so, story. I was at the Warriors' um, first playoff game in the fourteen fifteen title year against mm-hmm. the Pelicans. Um, they got up close to twenty in the first half, and then exactly what you described happened in the third quarter. Like no one could make shots. It got very tight you could hear a pin drop in Oracle. It was, I was just like, this is far different than like, and that, that year they won 67 games. It was like, every game was like a party. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And it's like, that's the sort of thing you see in the playoffs that um, it's, it is. I mean, those game. Memphis ones were, yeah. The Warriors yeah. looked rattled in, in Memphis. Those were the ones where it was like, Oh no. And we're Cleveland. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah, and- it's just the, these are just things that Kings need to go through, right? It's just really hard. Like there are there are basketball cases. Like you know, we could look at the regular season. We could look at the way the Kings score. We could talk about how Mike Brown knows the Warriors. We could talk about maybe the Kings having a better bench because they've you know the a lot of the bench guys have been pretty consistently available, and there hasn't been like turnover like the Warriors have dealt with on the bench. But like the playoffs are just different. Like, I, I refuse to believe that, like, oh, just because one team had this regular season, another team had this regular season, that that really matters when there's such a drastic difference in playoff experience, particularly when, like, last year, that's what the Celtics talked about, right? Like, yeah. we, we, how often do, do Warriors fans talk about, 
like so many people saying, well, the Celtics are the better team, but the Warriors won. Well, it's like the Warriors had experience, like the Warriors are the better team. That's the better team wins the series. But like, you know, like the, the experience matters. And I, I would make the same case for the Memphis series and even the Dallas series. Like, so that, that's one thing that I think you, you talk about like misconceptions, you know, so many Kings fans are like, Oh, it's just going to look like it did in the regular season where the Warriors had a better, or the Kings had a better regular season than the Warriors. And that's what this is going to look like. I'll be like, I'd push back on that. <laughs> like like at games five, six, and seven in a playoff series are completely different than, uh, you know, playing the playing the Pistons in, in January. The one guy that I think people are setting up for failure here from William Mitchell, he, he says Keegan Murray. I disagree. I think it's a bonus. I mm. think that's the, that's the guy that I think our people are setting up for, for failure. Um, hey, Sam, come back, brother. He got, right, he got scared. He got he he saw the Sabonis slander that was going to come from me and got scared. <laughs> um, I'm running the show now, um, guys. I just he's not the kind of guy that kills the Warriors, and I think that's the one that if you told me that De'Aaron Fox averaged 26, 27 points a game in this series, wouldn't surprise me. Sure. I expect him to, but if you're telling me Sabonis is going to be the guy that they need to dominate Draymond and Looney to win this series, I. That's that's the thing is like Sabonis needs to dominate and like put up triple doubles and do that. And maybe he does it once or twice. But when you're throwing Kavon Looney and Draymond Green at this guy night in and night out over a seven game series where game one wraps and immediately it's game planning for game two. And how do you stop Sabonis? Because that's our offensive hub. You get it to him at the nail and he's going to distribute and if not, he's going to put his shoulder into your chest and he's going to go to the rack. Like, that's great. But, like, that's just – that doesn't work against Kevon Looney. It never has. It doesn't work against Draymond Green. It it never has. It might work a possession or two, but over a full game and then a full series sample size, like, that's just – that offense is not going to bear fruit. My thing on Sabonis is I actually think he's going to get his numbers. Um, I think offensively he's a phenomenal player. Um He's he's gonna get his twenty. He, he might get fifteen rebounds. No, if he'll get twenty, can't shoot. <laughs> I think he's gonna score. But my my issue with him, um, issue is probably not even the right word. Is yeah. he's gonna be trading three for two? The Warriors, yep. if they get in any way concerned that a game is getting away from them, it's gonna be all right. Let's let's run a pick and roll. It's a bonus. Let's run a brush screen. It's a bonus. Let's have Steph Clay pool run every action directly out of him, make him guard. Um, and I just don't know that he can, you know, do anything about that. Particularly since the Kings don't have the perimeter players to maybe blow that up and protect him a little bit. Like in general, if a big can't guard the perimeter, they're, they're screwed anyway. But mm-hmm. maybe if you have a Drew Holiday and, like, the Buck situation, you can get away with, like, a Brooke Lopez who plays in drop coverage. Yeah. The Kings absolutely do not have that type of yeah, scenario. And, you know, I, I think, you know, centers, obviously, like Robert Williams, give the Warriors a whole lot more problems because mm-hmm. of his length and because of the ability to protect the rim, right? And Sabonis just is not a rim protector. And really the biggest weakness with the Kings defense, in my opinion, is just their weak side, their weak side help. And they're, you know, the, the low man being able to being able to cut off shooters at the, in the lane and, and, you know, avoid having a guy come in backside after somebody gets beaten off the perimeter and defend, defend a cutter who theoretically is open. Like that, that's been a, that's been a serious problem for the Kings all season. And like they have, 
you know, De'Aaron Fox is a better on-ball defender. At least he has been this year than at any other point in his career. Um, so credit him for that. And he's got size and length for a point guard, like athleticism. Like, you know, he could theoretically play defense credibly enough, but also like how much energy is he going to expend on the defensive end? And is he going to have the energy that the Kings need him to have in the fourth quarter when he basically carries the offense for the last five minutes of the game. Right. So like he's, he clearly will get the Jerry West award because he scored 194 points in the clutch um, and, and was just like incredible for the Kings in the fourth quarter all season. But you know, like if it's not him guarding Steph Curry, I don't know who in the starting lineup is right. Kevin Herter's not doing it. It's going to be Davion Mitchell. And then you run into, you know, who are you but, taking out of the starting lineup? Right. And like you, you're, it's okay. and are they shoot. are the Warriors are yeah, the Warriors exactly. even worried about guarding Gate Davion yeah. Mitchell? Like exactly. Three point that, that would be like a like a turning point of the series, though. Is if Davion's going to knock down yeah. shots and force the Warriors to guard him a little bit, that's where things get rough because he's a dog defensively. Yeah. He's, he's really really, really good, good defensively, and if he like he could swing a game. For like, mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind, he could swing a game if he hit like four of nine threes because they're going to leave him open. Like, if that Friday game last week is any indication, they're not super concerned about Davion Mitchell shooting. When he's on the floor, those shots are going to be there for him. He's had they're games gonna, where they're going to also, threes. they're probably also going to leave De'Aaron Fox like the whole time. They're going to dare him from third. They're going to dare yeah. him. But forget the 33%. The number they look at is what three attempts a game, four attempts a game. They're, mm-hmm. they're going to dare him to shoot 15 shots. From three, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yeah, he could he draw Morano. Yeah, yeah, he could draw. Jaw made a bunch, but Jaw, Jaw. By the way, to that point, to your right, Jaw shot four a game in the regular season. The Warriors didn't guard him, and he hit five out of ten or eleven in the first. That was so annoying. Yeah, but it's just like you get the you get the strategy. They're like, I I dare you. I don't think Do you're going to shoot minutes. as many threes as Steph. I don't think you're actually going to have the balls to take 12 of these in a row i think you're gonna actually get in your own head so i I think that's the sort of stuff they're gonna do um why why are the kings not good at home because they think so this has been sort of a confounding question all year that we've had for them the the answer that i think makes the most sense is they've just got so comfortable with the idea like oh we're gonna score 130 at some point that like we don't really need to defend in the first quarter and then they'll be down to you know double digits in the first quarter to a lesser team because they're not playing with a whole lot of energy early on because they just kind of assume like for a large portion of the season I haven't gone back and look at these stats but they were they were a top 10 road defensive team just in terms of defensive rating like they're around they're hovering between like eight and ten because they just be more locked in on the road being like we have to play defense in a hostile environment Whereas they think they just kind of assumed human nature roll, that roll the offense would, yeah. yeah, the offense would come easy at home, which, you know, it did for a significant part of the season. But again, that's, that's one of the reasons, like they're a young team They're They Harrison Barnes is their only like quote unquote old head on the roster with any, with any playoff experience. And like, you know, Harrison Barnes is by all accounts, super influential in that locker room. And they really appreciate his professionalism and all that but he's not like a spark plug. He's not like a dude who's, who's getting after guys for kind of dogging it. Like he's a guy who's going to show up to the gym and be there at the same time every day and make sure he's eating the right things and not going out and all that stuff. But he's not the dude that is like forcefully 
you know, making the rules in the locker room and holding guys accountable in a way that like, you know, that say like Draymond does. Right. So like, mm-hmm. or to, I don't know if Draymond's the best but, example, but you know what I mean? Now we're running back to Draymond's 2015 contract negotiation. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> But no, that uh, I think it's it. They they just sort of assume like, yeah, we're just going to hit a bunch of threes at some point, and then they would have they would lose. You know, they lost they lost games to the Wizards and Charlotte, and they lost to the Seventy Sixers, who they, were not playing Joel Embiid and James Harden. Like they just had some weird losses. That they lost to the Spurs. They lost that game to Minnesota at home. They just had a bunch of weird losses at home that weren't really explainable beyond like. Yeah, we just sort of assumed the offensive avalanche was coming, and it just never did. That's interesting, though, coming from a young team. <laughs> they were really good at it all year, so like you understand after a while why you'd why you'd lean on it. Um, but maybe, but maybe they switch. Maybe they flip the switch. Maybe they're a better playoff team than regular season team. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> just in the in terms of guarding people and not guarding people and all that, how do you think the Kings handle Andrew Wiggins? Because if I'm Sacramento. I'm putting like, I don't know, they're just like their worst defender on Wiggins and being Kevin like, pr- prove, make him prove he can score. Guys haven't played basketball in two months or yeah. five NBA games. Like, make him prove that he can go score 20. What a segue, Kyle. Yeah, so, it's, we, 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 got the, we got the update today. Wiggins is most likely going to play in game one. We kind of all assumed that. I was just curious how much they would go with the uh, gamesmanship. Um, and the assumption is he'll come off the bench for 20 to 25 minutes. None of this sounds particularly surprising given his absence. Um, how will they guard him? I mean, that's been kind of part of the, the reason he's been so successful for the Warriors, right? He gets the worst perimeter player. Like if you're, if you're looking at the Warriors on paper, you put your best player on staff, you put your second Mm -hmm. best player on Clay Thompson um, and you live with Wiggins, um, not because he's not a good player, but just because those other two dudes literally can score 30 and a quarter. Um, and the list of players who could score 30 and a quarter is like four. So, um, yeah, I would, I would guess they're going to put Keegan on Draymond because you don't really have to worry about, you know, on ball right. defense so much. I would guess it would be, Barnes on Wiggins just because of like the strength and size factor. Mm -hmm. They typically like if there's a big strong guy, they just sort of automatically put Harrison Barnes in that spot. I mean, yeah, to me, it all, it it all comes back to how they guard Steph. Like, I really don't know how they're who, um, who's their best, who's their best defender at switching. Cause that's, who's going to be on Draymond in my opinion. So then maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's Harrison. I mean, I I was thinking, I best he's a bad. Yeah, the the be- their best defender who's not Davion Mitchell might be Kessler Edwards, and I have no idea if Kessler Edwards is playable in the series. Oh, things are getting weird. <laughs> Edwards is going to play, dude. What? Who the? What is he related to Walker Kessler? What are we doing here? What are, what are we do? What are we hey, doing wa- here? Walker, the Kings happening? would take Walker Kessler in this. Yeah, I, we, we the Warriors would take Walker Kessler. <laughs> I think maybe the, the maybe the Timberwolves should have taken Walker Kessler. That's a different uh, conversation. Dude. <laughs> one one clear advantage I think the Kings have is Trey Lyles. I think the Warriors huh. would kill to have somebody like Trey Lyles. Like yes. Trey Lyles is a super solid bench guy. He can play small ball five. I think he's going to play small ball five because they don't really have a credible backup five and the Warriors probably aren't even going to play a backup five. So I think Lyles fits into yeah, that yeah. role perfectly. Um, but yeah, I mean, other, 
I just I struggle to see where the Kings have a real advantage unless De'Aaron Fox is just going to score 40 points a game. And I, I mean, mean, it might it be happen. worth Craig. your while. It might be worth the Kings' while to take Fox off the court early and try to just attack the the minutes Steph sits. Like mm, this yeah. Warriors team, even with GP two coming back, we're talking about it seven and a half man rotation you know like we know the main guys can get it done but um i don't think they want to go 42 minutes of Stefan around one he and, does and the kings he, can force that if they play you know if they play the rotations right De'Aaron does the donut rotation thing where he'll play at the beginning of a quarter and the end of the quarter and then mitchell will be be in there for the middle of the quarter so uh, there's like yeah. At the end of you know, or to start the, thing, the second, the thing and we fourth hate quarters. when they do that with Steph, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. The, in this, in the start of the second and fourth quarters, you'll mm-hmm. probably see De'Aaron against the against the Stephless Warriors. So that mm. that could be that could be an interesting wrinkle. By the way, that every LeBron team got such an advantage with that against the Warriors. It was always like, all right, how many minutes is Steve going to sit with Steph and Draymond on the bench while LeBron is just beating them to death? You know. It just, there would be stretches where like, you're not even watching the game anymore. Or just watching the bench. Yeah. And seeing when Steph the gets pan, up, the pan out, like, it's like, dude, yeah. oh, it's brutal. What do you guys um, think of the, the, uh, the Jordan pool Malik monk matchup? Because oh, I, man. I think that could be highly entertaining sort of no matter how it goes. I'm, I'm all in on the Jordan pool redemption tour. I've, I'm angry Playoff at JP. I'm angry at Andy for his his just unnecessary Jordan Poole slander, and I've now gone completely the other way. I don't even believe half the stuff I say. So, you sound um, like me now. I don't believe yeah. half the things. Uh, um, I I actually uh, I think he's due. Uh, I think he's actually been playing excellent basketball the last month. Yep. It's just very hard to get the stretch at the beginning of the season where. You know, you thought he was going to take a step, and it absolutely did not happen. Um, and he got punched in the face and all that sort of stuff out of your head. Um, I think if I, if I had to guess, I think he's going to perform better in round one than people think, and Steph might be a little more um, subdued. Just knowing the mm-hmm. way the Warriors play, I think it might be a JP series a little yeah. bit. You already kind of know. You already well. It, it's one of those where I think Steph knows that Steph doesn't have to go for forty to win a game. This series, that's not how this series. That's that's. Boston. I mean, they they got far bigger problems if he has to go for forty every game. No, no, right. True. That's Boston. He has to go for forty for them to win a game against the Kings. Steph's thinking, and I, we know this is how he thinks. If he can get Clay involved, if Clay's hot, if Clay comes out and hits five threes in the first half on Saturday night. Jordan Poole's rolling. He's not turning the ball over or falling down. If he can get Andrew Wiggins a couple looks at the rim, Steph, that would be happy. Like, if Steph right. goes for 22 and 10 assists, I- I'd probably tell you, like, that. that's probably a, that's probably a win for the Warriors. Like, that would be Steph's. He wants to be CP3 for this series, which is, you know. Oh, no. um, I think the, the Warriors <laughs> have a chance to live at the rim this series. I really think. And, and that, that plays to Jordan Poole's favor. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he's it's him or Steph, uh, their best player off the dribble to the rim. And it's probably Steph. But um, but Poole's you know. so much better at doing that lately, right? Like you said, the last few weeks, he's been so much better at just going downhill to the rim. I don't know what changed. Concussion wore off, maybe. But <laughs> whatever it is, man. No comment. No comment. GP2, um, it probably is that he got GP2 to play next to him and Dante. Like when he has mm-hmm. legit defenders next to him and not Jermichael Green, 
he can go cook, which is yeah. what he's paid to do. How much did two? I had two part question. First part: Did Moses Moody do enough in that last stretch of games to be a factor in the postseason rotation at all, or is it going to be like last year where something goes wrong and he's going to plug in? I think it'll be like last year. I think okay. he will. I I think we're going to get a Moses Moody game. I don't know if it'll be against Sacramento, um, but I do think Moses Moody will factor into the playoffs at, at some factor. Because um, he'll play for Kaminga. Because Kaminga will come in and just do like three stupid things, and Steve Kerr is just going to go, yeah, that's not. Kaminga was, sec- was the second part of my question. Yeah. What's I your think second he starts as like a like you think Kaminga starts as a regular rotation player and they just kind of see how it goes. Yes. I think I think so too. I think the number one thing the Warriors want is to figure out if they can play that um Kuminga, Wiggins, Draymond front court in a small ball lineup. So it's like Steph and Clay or Poole and Clay or Steph and Poole and those three guys, because that's kind of like the closest you're gonna get to like the death lineup that they've been known for, right? Um, mm-hmm. They haven't got a chance to play it in the regular season because of a variety of issues. Wiggins injury, Kuminga injury, Wiggins missing. It, it just it just hasn't happened. I think he thirty minutes, probably an exaggeration, but something in that like under fifty minute range it's played this season. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they started it against the Kings at some point because they always know they can go back to Looney. But it's one of those things where they need it to to be playable. And I I yeah. think they're going to give it a little more run than they should. Uh, they better do it now. This is the series to figure that out because you're not figure that out, figuring that out against LeBron in round two. So I, I think I know what Steve Kerr is thinking. I think Steve Kerr, when he sees two mistakes in a row, someone goes backdoor on Kaminga, and then he shoots a like a pull-up three for no reason. I, you can just see Steve just go, ah, I, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I think I'm just going to ride GP2 some more, or I'll just put Moody, or I'll just, you know, play Anthony Lamb. Right? Like, that's what he's done all season. I, I, I just wouldn't surprise me if Kaminga played 28 minutes one game and then just two the next. It just – Steve Kerr has done this all season. I don't know if I agree with it. I think I I just – I think we talked about it a lot. I don't think I agree with it I mean, you're all, not but, wrong. <laughs> but I just – it's just so – it's but, so Steve Kerr. But now it's the playoffs. Now you now you can't get mad if he's why? like, look, you made a mistake. It, and, and, this is, and this is mm-hmm. how we transition. Why Steve Kerr's handling of young players is similar to Kyle Shanahan's handling of quarterbacks. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I, I do have a question for you guys. Wow. Cause I I've Let's seen like, look, I I've seen it up close. Like Mike Brown has completely changed the culture, right? Like in Sacramento, sure. he has a credibility about him that allows all of the Kings players to buy in and he can be hard on his players because and guys have told me this, like he's coached LeBron and Kobe and Steph and Katie, and they they listen to him when when he when he's critical of them and when he makes them do things they don't necessarily want to do. How much in your estimation do you think the Warriors have missed Mike Brown this season? Because it's from what I gather and talking to more people, like because they're even you know members of of his coaching staff that were with the Warriors. Like it seemed like Mike had definitely had his fingerprints on on that team for a long time and was even a conduit like for Draymond, right? Like how much do you think his absence 
because normally like an, an assistant coach leaving isn't that big of a deal, particularly for like a dynastic team. But how much do you think they miss Mike Brown, given given what he's shown to be for the Kings this year? I think multiple games can be contributed to that because to me, Mike Brown is the type of person who would have been able to help them get through the punch much quicker. Draymond uh, and him have a relationship. Jordan Poole, like he, he's the kind of guy who could probably calm them down and, and make it fun after five to 10 games. Whereas like, if you watch the Warriors, they were miserable for what? Um, 65 games. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was gonna say. Games. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. As soon as they started getting over it, guys started getting hurt, and that was 25 games into it, and that's kind of been the story of the season. Um, so I think uniquely, he would have mattered way more this season. Mm. I, I don't think his X's and O's were missed. Um, not because he's not good at that, but like it's the regular season. It's more about like being able to manage people. To me. Um, they might miss his X and O's in the playoffs, to be honest. But yeah. um, I think that calming presence and someone like you guys know how it goes. Like Steve Kerr can be the greatest um, sounding board coach of all time. He's still the head coach. He's not an assistant. You know, like it, it's just different when it's someone who's not like the big boss who's doing it. Someone you feel a little more confinement in. Mike Brown is. Uh... Steve Kerr is the relationship coach. Like he's not, I don't think it probably be the first to tell you, like he's not the, he has his principles on offense and defense and he just kind of lets it ride. But I don't think there's a better coach at the NBA better than managing egos. Dude's got freaking Draymond on his team for 10 years. Um, <laughs> but to Sam's point, I mean, Mike Brown was just as good. I mean, how else, how else did he change the culture in sack? Um, yeah. But the Warriors, I mean, there's nothing, I don't think there's anything coach wise you could have done, which is why Sam and I was, were never this entire season. Had anything to say about Steve Kerr outside of can you just play Kaminga more? But outside of that, there's really <laughs> nothing you could have done. This yeah. team was a mess from the jump. Speaking Playing of track. that, yeah. how how much do you guys think uh, James Wiseman is going to factor into this series? Oh my god! Hey, GP two on the <laughs> was just big big X factor. <laughs> I was just watching the um, the 2020 draft. No, you. Won't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, it got sh- it got shared. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. No. Oh no. The veracity that Joe Lacob with the mask on stands up and starts clapping. Like it's, it's, I'm going to share it. It was very, (laughs) what a, what a walk down memory lane, like right in the middle of the pandemic. By the way, by the way, all (laughs) draft videos, like, and it's true of all sports. Like they're the funniest things ever. Like why, why do people clap after the pick? What's the point? You know? (laughs) My favorite, my favorite people, particularly like the NFL draft, the people who like dress up, like face paint, the jerseys, like right. go to the draft mm-hmm. and get pumped to see who their guys, who, who their team picks. It doesn't like the, cool. Like do this you is you got across the stage. <laughs> like that must be amazing. The NFL <laughs> has the most amount of crazies. I have, yeah. a, I have a cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I have a, I have a couple questions before we get out of here. All right. Okay. One. I want everyone's take. Who is the role player who's going to factor most in the series? So, for yeah. which team? Either. Have fun. Oh, okay. You know, it could be a positive impact, it could be a negative impact. Um, all I want, all I want is like I don't want you to be like, oh, I think Jared Fox is going to score a lot of points. Yeah. No, for me, for me, it's Davion Mitchell. 
Okay. Uh, because I don't think there's a world where the Kings win the series if Davion Mitchell is a non-factor. Because he's clearly mm. their best defensive player. Um, he's the only real option they have to credibly guard Steph. And they're, the Warriors are going to leave him open and let him shoot. And if he hits, you know, like I said earlier, like if he has a game where he scores 18 points and hits six threes, like that, that is going to, that could potentially swing the game. Um, because like, I, I just don't know what, what answers the, the Kings are going to have for Steph. I just don't like, I don't, I don't trust De'Aaron Fox. He De- De'Aaron Fox has not done anything to make me think like, yeah, one, like he, he can carry the load. He can carry his load offensively while guarding the other team's best player. Like De'Aaron Fox just has never proven to be that guy. So to me, the only, the only version of the Kings winning games in the series if, is if Davion Mitchell is playing defense and scoring. And the Kings have to account for his yeah, shooting gets, on, on three. He gets line. a little under Steph's skin. It's kind of contentious, and then he's able to hit some jump shots, or just like, and we we got we got to keep him on the floor because he, he can hit some shots. And yeah. he's not scared to shoot him. Like he's not a great no. shooter, but give him credit. Like he does shoot them. He's not going to be like deer in the headlights. I don't think. I, I am a Davion Mitchell believer long term. Like I do think the shot will come yeah. around, but like, you know, you guys can. Have there's fun with Marcus that in 2026. There. Yeah, there's some Marcus Mark. <laughs> some Marcus Mark there. Uh, Kyle, you want to? Does Kevon Looney count as a role player? Always. Yes. The GOAT. Okay. The role I guess player. Ca- I think it's, <laughs> I just didn't know if he was like above that. Um, no, I think it's Kevon Looney because you have to make life a little bit hard for Demonis Sabonis. If he's just going to walk into a triple double in the middle of the third quarter. I, that the Kings are really, really hard to beat, and they're going to score 140 points. But if you can just make life difficult for him, force a couple of turnovers, force a couple of tough shots, and just not allow the Kings' offense to be like, okay, get it into him, and and he just plays and does his thing, um, then I think you have a chance to to slow the Kings down a little bit. But um, yeah, if he's going to cook, I just don't know. I, I don't know what the Warriors can do about it. So yeah, I think I think Loon's going to be big. That would be shocking. All right, um, gonna get a little low arrogant here, but uh, I'm Are going you? with Andrew, I'm going. <laughs> I'm guys are gonna kill me. I'm gonna go with Andrew Wiggins because I'm not worried you. about. I love you calling him a role player. Oh my guy. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is. Um, if Andrew Wiggins, because I'm not worried about this series, right? I'm worried about the next one. I'm worried about him guarding LeBron. I'm worried about him guarding Kevin Durant. Then I'm worried about him guarding Gian- Giannis Antetokounmpo, which I believe are the next three teams. If Andrew Wiggins doesn't look <laughs> like last season's Andrew Wiggins by the time it got to the NBA Finals, the Warriors are cooked. They just don't have a guy that can defend these elite wing guys. So yeah. I'm not so much worried about, oh, my God, is you know Steph going to drop 40 points if they need Steph to drop 40 points to win, the, win this series? For them to actually win the fifth championship, they need Andrew Wiggins to look like Andrew Wiggins. And we haven't seen Andrew Wiggins on the court in two months. <laughs> and they say he looks great. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Let's find out. Let's find out by the time this series ends. I, I just have no idea. How do we know what he looks like? We have no idea. They said James Wiseman looked great. You know, that's boy. They had they Too had boring. Shaq and Chuck on ring coronation night talking about how Steph was going to pass the throne to Wiseman. Uh, they won a title and they didn't even have their best young prospect. You know, People forget about that. I'm going to pull more more polished than, than more polished than Giannis at that point in his career. Keep that in mind. Exactly. That was that was anyway. Um, for me, it's going to be GP two. Yeah. I think uh, GP two is the ultimate vibes guy, and if 
if he is feeling himself and making an impact and obviously it's a series where he matters because the Kings are a point guard led team. Um, so he's going to draw the assignment of guarding De'Aaron Fox. If he can kind of make an impact and turn some shifts where like, you know, he, he kind of has De'Aaron Fox in hell and that's the type of thing that gets the Warriors on a run. The Warriors are the ultimate vibes team. They are. It, Steve Kerr is a vibes coach. Everything goes from there. If that happens, I think I'll feel very confident about them rolling forward. And it also buys to Andy's point. It buys Wiggins time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Wiggins is going to be Andrew Wiggins by game three, or it's going to take him game three in two months, you know? Um, but GP two and, you know, that whole thing going to type of thing that can kind mm-hmm. of alleviate that pressure. This Kings team this year versus this Warriors team scares me more than Denver did last year. Well, yeah. yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, okay. that Denver team was very bad. Um, although Jokic is very good. Um, so They uh, had Jokic. I mean, they had Jokic. Games were they, close. They definitely had Jokic, for sure. Okay, so, so you know. the, the feeling I get from you guys, obviously, I, mean, I, I think I'm – I think I feel pretty confident in which way the series is going to go. But the feeling I get from you guys is you're pretty strong on the Warriors, right? At yes. what point would would you be seriously like what at what point in the series would you be seriously concerned about them not winning the series? Ooh. Or like what would that have to look like? I need three. I need I three, need the one. Kings to to yeah. get them in elimination mode. Um yeah. I, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna be annoyed if like the Kings, let's just say very good chance Kings win game one, but let's say like the Kings run them off the floor and it's 130, 108, something like that. I'll be annoyed, but I'm not going to lose faith. Where I'm going to start waffling is if we get to actual elimination games. Um, and, and that's just, for me, it's just like at a certain, them winning the title last year, um, they've officially won my trust to, until I see it happen, I'm going to have to just, Give them a little benefit of the doubt. D- down three one would would move me. Losing both road games, yeah. Almost, if they look bad doing it. Losing yeah. at home, losing at home, and being down three one would move me. That's would it surprise you if this is a two two series though? Going back no sack. It just not not, this Warriors team. It just wouldn't. Yeah, I'd be um, shocked if it didn't go at least six. Yeah, me I have it as I have it at six. Yeah. Um, yeah. myself. Let's have some Do you trust here. the Warriors to win a game seven at Golden One? Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yes. I, do. I, I would. <laughs> might be, it might be 50 50 Warriors Kings fans by that point if it's a game seven in, in Golden Actually, we should have said this off the top. What do you expect the turnout to be? Because I, I feel if the Kings were playing anyone else, yeah. it would be the most electric atmosphere on earth. But like, I just, we're all from Northern California. Um, we know for a lot of the Bay Area, it's, it's closer to drive to Golden One than it is to get to Chase. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm there... not like actually convinced it's going to be that big of a home court. I, if it wasn't, Chris, you're closer to it, so I'll, I'll trust you here. But for me and what I've seen, this is 16 years in the making, 17 years yeah. in the making for this fan base. Like I think there's people who have legitimately – been fed up and been like, I'm not going back till they make the playoffs. 
I, I just I think the Warriors fan contingent is not going to be a huge factor anymore. Yeah, and I kind of think like supply and demand, right? Like there have been a lot of Warriors playoff games in the last few years to go to. I don't know that there's going to be like urgency from Warriors fans to be like, because I mean, the tickets in Sacramento are like crazy expensive. Yeah, they're they're more expensive than they are at Chase based off yeah. of um, Ticketmaster and whatever. And I, I know people in Sacramento who are confident that there are going to be a lot of Kings fans in San Francisco, hmm. which I think there should be. There should be. Wouldn't yeah. surprise yeah. me either. That's a good point. Uh, but I don't know, you know, I don't know if how tangible that's going to be. But I, I, felt I think more, regardless, I the more, atmospheres are going to be good, right? Like it's going to be unbelievable. I mean, it's true. I drop more money per per spending weight of what I should have spent in like you know 2007 or 2013 than I did in let's just say 2018 or 19. You know, you guys so, probably got what? enough weight to get in the building, like right? with a credential. <laughs> Yeah, people ask me, and I, I tell them, no, I'm sitting at home with a drink <laughs> and some pizza. I'm going to enjoy the game. Yeah, but that's You're more, about of, a, that's more of a choice. You can, you can get there if you want to. I know, you, but it's ninja your way. I've seen too many too many games at, at Oracle. Maybe it's a it's a game seven, but uh, no. But, I, I, uh, like... but I was speaking to Biederman's point. Like, you know, can I – is my appetite as hungry to be in the building as it was in 07? No, you know. So that's right. a, but that's what comment. Kings fans are experiencing. Like yeah, this exactly. is the we believe, the we believe equivalent. Okay, I was thinking seventy thirty. You're thinking like ninety ten, eighty five fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Eighty seven thirteen was the number I went. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what flat brim hat is Kyle Shanahan wearing when he goes that's to a game? Is he going to be at? Is he going to be at Golden One or is he going to be at Chase? It's going to be a melon. It's going to be a melon hat. <laughs> He'll be wearing some some Vuori joggers with some Yeezys. Are they still called Yeezys? Oh my goodness! Hey, and hey, uh, just athleisured out. If he goes to a game at, at Golden One, and he's there with like a, does he put the shirt on? <laughs> that's a good question. I don't think I don't, he does. I, can't, uh, I don't think he does. I mean, if he, he might... does. That's why he'll never win a Super Bowl. <laughs> he will. He will if he if the if his Red Bull is a blueberry Red Bull mixed with his vodka, he'll put the shirt on. That's great. If That's it's great. just a standard, if it's a standard Red Bull, he might he might not feel obliged to put the shirt on. I mean, I mean that is kind of the thing. Like for for uh, ironically for other sports, there's a nice split between the fan base. Like you know, people in Sacramento are just as much the Niner fans as people in the Bay area. So yeah, it's a huge Niners town in a sec. Yeah. And like you say the same for the giants too, like Logan Webb and that whole thing. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, Webb, I forgot about JD Davis. Where's he from? Sacramento guy. God, the Giants are terrible. Can we not talk about them? Um, hey, say, hey, oh, go ahead, Andy. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm gonna say Logan Webb's like your one good player. We're, we're gonna put this on the Candlestick Chronicles feed, so I feel obligated to get Niners content in here. Uh, Andy, Brock Purdy, your thoughts? I love him. I love Brock Purdy. My fear though is that they trade Trey Lance, and that was my question to y'all: is are the Niners gonna give up on Trey Lance at the in three weeks? Which concerns me. I love Brock. But I also would like to see Trey Lance play football, and something tells me that Kyle is fed up with him. So I've just, I just, I can see it right now. Aaron Rodgers at Golden One Center with Kyle Shanahan. It's going to be. <laughs> I would love that too. Perfect. It's going to be perfect. 
gonna oh, wear man. gonna wear a king's hat so he'll immediately piss off 62 percent of the niners fan base and then and, and then when he evades the rush and launches a, a five-yard slant to christian McCaffrey, it's gonna be amazing it's gonna be <laughs> unbelievable i'm back in uh, so oh. to answer to answer your question andy i think kyle shanahan will give trey lance the season I don't think they're going to move off of Trey this offseason, mostly because they just need the bodies, right? Like, they're not going to draft a quarterback early. They need, you know, it's not just going to be Sam Darnold and nobody else, right? So they do need the bodies, and they're open to the idea, I think, of Trey Lance developing. And look, like, they've started three quarterbacks in four of Kyle Shanahan's six seasons. So they just need bodies, right? So they might just, you know, nobody thought at this point last year, Brock Purdy was going to provide, even after they drafted him, no one thought he was going to be anything more than like a practice squad quarterback. So even if Trey Lance is viewed by Kyle Shanahan a certain way right now, that could change, right? Theoretically, as the season goes on, if, if like say Trey Lance starts the season, he wins the job away from Sam Darnold, which makes plenty of sense. Like he probably should. And if he doesn't, it's a disaster. Right. Mm -hmm. But say the Niners start three and oh, with Trey Lance as a starter and he's like playing pretty well. How eager is Kyle Shanahan going to be to upset the apple cart and throw Brock Purdy back oh in there? Oh, my like, goodness. So that's, a, I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but like that's, it's on the table because we just see so much unexpected shit happen with the 49ers quarterback situation that we can't really rule anything out at this point. I, I have one piece of advice for them. I think they should draft another quarterback with the fifth round pick. I think they should go get another one. Jay Kaner. I don't think. I don't think. I it'll think be they the should draft round. a lineman so they can keep their quarterbacks upright. <laughs> I don't think it too. should be the. I don't think it'll be the fifth round, but I do think they draft a quarterback because absolute worst case, he's your practice squad guy. At best case, you catch lightning in a bottle again. I just, <laughs> dude. The They're Niners building a roster. Fan. They're just going to have cheap quarterbacks forever. So you better start restocking the cupboard. They have the best freaking roster in the world. They just they just <laughs> signed one of the best defensive tackles, and they cannot figure out what quarterback to throw the ball. It just it's unbelievable. They're, I love they're time. they're I dead love set on proving that they can. They can win without a quarterback, and they're not ever going to win without a quarterback. And that's Kyle, the funny part. No, I don't I, think, I, Kyle, I think uh, Shanahan saw the running back don't matter in. discord and his and running backs don't matter discourse, and he was like, yeah. "Nah, quarterback <laughs> don't matter." Like I'm, I'm in. He's, he's he's never gonna find a Mahomes, so you might as well just try. Yeah, Trey looks like Mahomes. Point. Kirk Kirk Cousins is still out there, man. Except he's folding. But jeez, dude, he's got to let it go. As a staunch member of the bald gang, Trey's got to let it go. Come he's home, like 21. Bro. How is it that bad, dude? As a <laughs> person who is that bad at 21, it'd be like that. <sighs> it's a red flag if you want to be a franchise dude. quarterback. God made him uh, like a six foot three. Is it, like, is it a red flag? Have you seen Pitt Manning? <laughs> Trey Lance what? is built like a freaking monster. Yeah, and God was like, "Nah, your hairline got here." This is a trade off. Yeah, you, you get you get all world <laughs> like physical gifts, but you're gonna have a few less follicles on the front of your head. I mean, he is the Niners version of James Wiseman, where God gave him the ability to be, you know, athletic. Uh, it's, 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 but don't, then don't, you know, don't insult him. <laughs> That's the thing is, I think, I think. I think Trey wants to be good. Like I think Trey understands. I don't think counseling every time he has a negative impact the way Wiseman does. But anyway, yeah, Trey just doesn't play. He just like if he. That's it. My my take is like we talk about Kyle Shanahan can play with any quarterback. Like why is Trey Lance have to be excluded from that conversation? 
That's my whole thing. Like, oh, it, it, Kyle Shanahan can make Nick Mullins work. It's like, all right, so why are we just punting on Trey Lance? Right. You know, that's kind of my thing. It's like, just, just if he if he gets a chance to just play, you know, we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo have really rough starts to the season, and then he's playing really good ball in November and December, in large part because he's just getting better as the season goes. It's happened like three different times with Jimmy. Like, why couldn't that eventually happen with Trey? He just hasn't. Ha- he just hasn't gotten that opportunity. It's true. It never ends. It never ends. We're going to do the same chat. It's never going to end. Hey, it's great for content, though. Like, I don't hate it. The fact that they're a contending team, they made the biggest trade in franchise history, and they've gone to the NFC Championship game in the two years since making that trade without using that quarterback. The trade has failed miserably. (laughs) It couldn't be going worse. Just like the second overall pick. It couldn't have gone any worse, and it doesn't matter, except the Warriors win a championship because they have Steph, but Anyway. Uh, let's let's end it here guys i need i need some i need i need the official ruling on where bay area ends and sacramento begins like so where where warriors country ends and where sacramento kings country ends um kyle and i were texting about it um i think the preliminary discussion was what fairfield it feels like fairfield the, yeah, the, bay I think claim, Fairfield. the bay the bay claims fairfield so kyle wait God, that's because we've had this conversation too should i pull up a map i don't i don't mean i'm looking at a map right area. now i'm looking at a map right now what i know andy, i know i know andy's gonna be like the bay bridge the, this, this isn't this isn't shade on the lovely municipality of brentwood or oakley do not oh live. my god if do you guys consider to, oh it the east bay or the central valley what what does sack Brent Brentwood or, or Brentwood or Oakley? I consider Brentwood East Bay. I'm an Stay. East Bay. Okay. I am an okay. East Bay resident, or a, sorry, a product of the East Bay. I'm not a current resident of the East Bay. I'm a product of the East Bay, and so I have to fiercely protect Kyle here and say, okay. it is not the Central Valley. If it has a nine two five, it is the East Bay. Andrew, are you one of those? Question. If it, if it, hey, the minute I see five three zero. Gone. Different, different discussion. Gone. Now we can discuss if he's Sacramento or Stockton. You know, sure. Andy, are you one of those like four one five and five one zero are the only real Bay Area area code guys? Look, listen, you might be right. <laughs> you might be right. Listen, you might be right. But now that I live in the peninsula, I've really I, I've got to grow up a little bit. You know, so now I'm like, does Napa count? You know, Napa's kind of right there, right next. See, now you're getting to my neck of the woods. I'm, I'm a seven oh seven North Bay or Santa Rosa, Sonoma County. So Santa Rosa, that's what I'm looking at, right? Santa Rosa. Does that count as Bay? I would say yes. I want to say yes. So that means Fairfield would count. I would say Walnut Creek definitely. San Ramon, like Pleasanton, Fremont. Walnut Creek is. That's, that's Creek, like, bro, Walnut Creek's closer to Oakland than Brentwood. I'm looking at like the radius. Like, like just, I have to just, drive through Walnut Creek <laughs> to get to Oakland. Um, I, I, <laughs> we, the the so, bay, the bay definitely felt like it was like, in the area I'm, in Santa Rosa. Much growing, more, so that's all. I'm much more evolved. Like I, I'm very into, and they list a city that I wouldn't even consider on the borderline. Stockton County. He's going screen share for the <laughs> This is very important. This is. I feel very good. strongly about this. So, so where's the cutoff? Defining... It's the nine county Bay Area. Yeah, but I'm willing to give them. Uh... <laughs> Let's see. 
That diagonal line with Contra Costa yeah, County and Alameda is, is just making it even more complicated, I feel Sam like. Sam is going hardcore. You couldn't just use like a normal Google Maps. That's what I'm looking at. <laughs> Try to look at like a real, real map. Well, uh, I mean, this is like, this is uh, automaps.com. This is what Porter's been up to since he's been out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, like, once you pass Vacaville, it's Sacramento territory. Like, I'm not I'm not gonna yeah. be I'm not gonna be disrespectful and claim Dixon. Dixon, I was gonna say you're gonna Dixon. <laughs> No, you, you know what's Dixon. wild? They Rio sell Warriors Vista, gear in the Sacramento airport. Oh. They have Warriors gear and Kings gear next to each other. I'm gonna, I'm gonna quick. Let me reshare a Jalika picture then. <laughs> <laughs> That's Wait, where so are you counting Stockton? Oh man, I'm gonna count Stockton because I know some people from Stockton who would harm me if I said it's not. It's interesting because when I went to, to I went to uh, UC Davis, and when I was there all the Stockton kids were Kings fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it was more related to, you know, in our time, the last relevant barrier team was the 2002 Kings. Mm-hmm. And they were more relevant, even, even though we believe happened, they were still more relevant in terms of like people's like background and, and lexicon. Right. Now. Yeah, that makes sense. Now you're telling me all those Stockton kids are Warriors fans. They're in little, Jordan Poole jerseys. That makes a lot of sense. It does. It makes, it makes a lot. It makes a <laughs> lot of sense. Have Have you guys watched Beef? Yes. On Netflix. I have yeah. not actually. Danny, the main character, at one point, he's talking about like this scheme, and he goes, "This whole time I thought I was Weber, and actually I was Peja," and my jaw <laughs> hit the floor, bro. <laughs> like, wh- what? Did, where did they pull that out of? That Amazing. show does not take place in Sacramento. Amazing. <laughs> Like it's just it doesn't it doesn't make any sense because it's based on Korean. uh, He's Korean and they do a lot of Korean culture stuff. And there's no Koreans as far as I know uh, (laughs) in Sacramento or (laughs) uh, Vietnamese, maybe like Vietnamese. I I think so. Yes. But um, anyway, that that was incredible. The Weber Peja, because I was like, the last time I heard Soyakovich was actually, I guess, his kid plays. But beyond that, I haven't heard his name. I feel like I feel like I feel like Peja is the is like the player from the early 2000s that I would most like to see play now. That dude would hit nine yeah. in the game. He'd be like a Clay Thompson variant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah same same like with six ten. <laughs> like it would be it would be incredible. Same with like a Reggie Miller. Would mm, be like a mm-hmm. like a Clay Thompson. You just those are the types of guys that would be I bet I bet they they tell their kids or or their grandkids they're like you know if I played in today's NBA I'd average thirty points. Reggie like, does for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean they all do. They yeah. they all they all watch this. So like what? I can just I, I can just dominate these guys. I mess with Reggie though because Reggie definitely has like an immense respect for the talent and the players now. But there's also that part of him that's like, but I would have cooked here too, <laughs> which is I mean, fine. Like I, I respect that. I saw a picture of Larry Markkinen's stats this season compared to Larry Bird, and they called him called him Larry Bird. And I literally, I we're done. The, we're done okay, here. so you, so Sam, you <laughs> asked me about the the misconception thing earlier. I, I have another one because mm. because the Kings had the best offensive rating of all time. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of Kings fans who are like, "This is the best offense in history." I'm like, come on, man. Like, you can look at the defensive numbers. The best defense in the league now had like a 109 defensive rating, whereas like a decade ago it was like 101. Right. Yeah. So it like the context of the context of like the Kings offense, while it's great, historically, statistically, really good, 
nobody, if we're doing a draft of the top five offenses of all time, is going, yep, 2023 Kings. Best off at like, and maybe, but that's I heard that argument being made by credible people. John John Weisberg in the mentions literally sums up the argument. Here. Obvious. Anton Walker would take 15 threes a game in today's game. That's that's <laughs> yes. like, like when you get into the old head exactly. argument. That's that's where like, you. What is Andrew Bynum doing in today's game? Now? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. He'd be shooting ten threes. You ever watch? Um, <laughs> no, um, but that's that's kind of the just to circle back. I guess at the top of the show. That to me is the crux of like all of this with the Kings is what Chris is saying. Like in a vacuum, nobody's saying, yeah, that 22, 23 Kings offense is an all timer. But if they continue this for a decade, it's going to get looked at like that. But when you catch lightning in a bottle one year, like that's great. But now it's about sustainability moving forward. And that's not a, that's not disrespect saying that winning in the playoffs in your first trip is hard is not disrespect. The right. Kings were one of the best teams in the West all year. They were the three seed and they earned the shit out of it. Like they have really good players. They've built a really good roster. Monty McNair has done a great job, but there's, there's like checkpoints and benchmarks and reasons that teams don't just win a title in their first run or become legendary in their first run. Mike, like Mike Brown. Multiple. Yeah. Mike Brown said that basically at today's availability, like getting to the playoffs is the easy part. Taking the next step is the really, really hard part. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't want to be the Atlanta Hawks of the Western conference. If you're the Kings, right? <sighs> look at that one. I mean, shit. <laughs> so we're, I mean, look at the Memphis Grizzlies that what happens <laughs> if they lose to the Lakers, you have one of the right. up and coming superstars and you're just, you just can, can't win a, a postseason series. Look at the, Look at the Timberwolves. There's just a lot of these teams that are like that. The Pelicans look like they're going to be falling apart. Um, it's hard. But the Kings also have an opportunity, whether whether they win the series or not, to be one of those teams that's next in the West. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is where, like, which is what I'm looking for. Like, if they win the series, it's a huge upset, in my opinion. Obviously, I think we all share that opinion. But, like, that's what I'm looking at. Can this be a, Can this be the type of launching pad like 13 and 14 work for the, for the Warriors. Kings win this series. I'm a Kings fan. Rest of the way. I, just, I need them to win a title. It would be so cool if the yeah, Kings win this series cool. and, and they win and they, you know, get a goal. It would be the cool. I think we stand on that. Yeah. Yeah. It there. Appreciate you guys. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Have fun. Good. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.